0: Welcome to the Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Things looked pretty good last week as the Blue Jackets lit up the net, thanks in part to a revitalized power play, but they will face a tough stretch this week with three Metropolitan Division games on the schedule, including the Philadelphia Flyers on Wednesday. I am Ryan Rial along with Pale Dragon. Hey. And to talk about those Flyers and the Metro, we have a special guest for this episode. She is the NHL manager for SB Nation Editor for Broad Street Hockey, co-host of Broad Street Hockey Radio, and friend to dogs everywhere. She is Steph Driver. Steph, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me, guys.
0: We appreciate you taking your time out uh, to, to talk. Uh, let's get right into it. You know, your Flyers are four points back of Carolina as we record this uh, with a game in hand, and they're second in the wild card, but they're kind of like a feast or famine team kind of roller coaster season. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, the the season has definitely been a roller coaster for sure. Games, game by game is a roller coaster. They they'll come up and and lead early in every single game, then they'll give up a third period lead and go to a shootout almost every single time. We we've had I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but very few games have been decided in regulation for the Flyers in the month of November.
0: Yeah, and lately it's been their third period woes, right? And they they had a yeah. good third period against New Jersey. I mean, that is New Jersey, and we'll get to New Jersey <laughs> it's later.
1: The but
2: but <laughs> but hey, bonus hockey, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's good, but it, it gets a little bit stressful. Um, this team is is definitely suffering from uh, missing Nolan Patrick. So Nolan Patrick has been out since the beginning of the season with a migraine disorder, um, and, and we're definitely missing our 3C. That's what he would be if he were there. So it's, it's definitely a little bit of a struggle trying to work this roster and optimize this roster without having your 3C. Now, they've done pretty okay for a little while. They shifted Giroux back to center, so then our centers were Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, and then Scott Lawton for the fourth line. And, and that worked out okay. Uh, but Claude Giroux is better at wing. They shifted him back recently, and they've been having a handful of guys play the three and four C as Scott Lawton was out with a broken finger for a little while. Um, they called up Morgan Frost, who was a first round pick the same year that Nolan Patrick was, just a little bit later in the draft, or a little bit later in the round. And that's worked out really, really well for the team. So we've gotten a little bit of an infusion of youth. Uh, The Sean Couturier line with Travis Connecting and Oscar Lindblom was absolutely on fire for the first month and a half of the season. Since they've started having some third period woes, uh, they broke up that line. Elaine Vigneault broke up that line. So now Travis Connecty is with Claude Giroux and Joel Faraby, which is a really exciting line. And then Sean Couturier is with I don't even remember uh, Oscar Lindblom and somebody else, <laughs> 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 that, that's, this is how, how well my brain is working tonight, guys. Sorry. they sure, yeah. both of our, both of our teams are actively playing right now. And I can't even tell you what the line
2: <laughs> is. Well, d- d- does Vigneault blend the lines like Torch does?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every, every shift seems to be different.
2: Yeah. We know the feeling. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So it's, that's why it's so hard because the the lines don't stick for very long.
2: Uh, you mentioned Kevin Hayes. I, I was not a fan of that acquisition for you guys, but how has he been this season?
1: Really good. Actually. I was pretty neutral on the acquisition. I, I just wanted to see how it played out. I wanted to Get a feel for how the season went before I decided I liked or hated any of these moves. And That's crazy, Kevin first Hayes, off.
0: You're not supposed to do that.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I know. It's totally crazy talk. And I am a very knee-jerk reaction type of person. So I, I needed to go into this season with a little bit of an open mind just because everything was brand new. We had a brand new coach, a mm-hmm. GM, who this is his first season, first full season as GM uh, for almost completely new personnel behind the bench in addition to the new head coach. And I just needed to see how it was going to work. And Kevin Hayes has actually been really good. I was not expecting a whole lot, but I've been really, really pleased with his addition to the team, whether he's playing 3C or 2C, it's been working really well. Now he's on a little bit of a points drought right now, but I'm not worried about him. I'm surprised pleasantly but surprised
0: sure and I do want to you mentioned some of those young guys like Morgan Frost and Oscar Lindblom's playing you know on on a really productive contract right now with those terms and you, of course you have Carter Hart and Elaine Vigneault so what's the, kind of the the infusion of, of young talent on this team uh, with Elaine Vigneault and and I know he's kind of got a rep as a guy who can really kickstart a team when he gets there so how, how has that been with with the younger group
1: It's been really impressive. So our points leaders and our our goal leaders are not Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux. Mm -hmm. It's Oscar Lindblom and Travis Konechny, which is astounding. They're getting the Couturier boost, of course. Anybody who plays with Sean Couturier is going to get the Couturier boost. But the way that they've responded this year is incredible. And then, you know, you've got the kids coming up. And I'll talk about Carter Hart in a second, but... Joel Farabee is now 17 games into his NHL career, and he's doing really, really well. Now, he's he's another one who's hit a little bit of a point slump, but I'm not worried about him. He looks like he fits. He looks like he belongs, and he's being put in a position to succeed, which is really all that we can ask of him. Mm-hmm. Morgan Frost, this will be his fourth NHL game, and he's got three points so far. Right. Um, he's... Another one where we didn't know what to expect or when to expect him in the NHL, but once now that he's here, he, he's another one. He looks like he should have been here the whole time, and it's it's been really, really good to see, especially because we're missing Nolan Patrick. So once we have this team really firing on all cylinders, if we're able to get this team firing on all cylinders, it's, it's going to be really good. Um, And that's just on offense. Your defense is a a little bit more complicated as (laughs) it usually is. But Carter Hart, Carter Hart in net is going through the type of season that you would expect a 20 year old, 19 year old. I don't actually (laughs) something I should know (laughs) what you would expect from a young goaltender. He's having ups. He's having downs Uh, when he's on. He's absolutely on fire but when he's not quite on um you know the 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 mechanics are still there he's doing all the things right he's tracking the puck his angles are just a little bit off so I'm never going to be worried about Carter Hart there are some people you know I'm in Philadelphia so there are definitely some people who worry about Carter Hart he's 21 by the way um it, there there are definitely some people in Philadelphia who immediately point to the goaltender and who would blame him for everything. And I haven't really seen that so much hmm. this season, which is heartening because, again, Philadelphia.
2: Sure, sure. What, what what comes to mind for me, though, is, you know, I remember Columbus once had a very young goaltender come up and have initial success and then really, really struggled to to wreak reconnect with that and that of course was Steve Mason so um, yeah you guys
1: broke him (laughs) we did
2: hey he was fine
1: (laughs) you broke him we fixed him it's okay
2: we fixed Bob so it's even (laughs) I knew knew late in his time in Columbus that just he needed a change of scenery like and there was just some mental there's a mental block there I think he had so much pressure on himself to carry the team like he did his rookie year and he could just never find it again. So, uh, again, for your sake, I hope that Carter Hart rediscovers that, you know, or doesn't fall into that trap, but for our sake, I hope that he does at least when he plays us.
1: Yeah. You know, I think he's going to be just fine. You know, he played half the season last year and then got injured, um, and then came in this season and started off hot, had a little bit of a cold streak and then came back. He's I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be fine. His head screwed on. Right. Not saying that Steve Mason's wasn't, but, um, <laughs> well. yeah, that's left this- <laughs> to be determined. Uh, no Carter Hart is going to be just fine.
2: And it he's, seems like, it seems like Brian Elliott's been playing. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Brian Elliott's actually been really surprising. I, I get really worried about his load and, and how much he's able to actually play, but They've been splitting it about 60-40. Carter Hart, 60. Brian Elliott, about 40%. And Brian Elliott's been showing up in the games that we needed him to. And I really wasn't expecting much. He's an older guy. He's been really injury-prone the last few years. But he's been doing really well.
0: Well, Steph, you were talking about Philadelphia and its fans and how they've approached Carter Hart, but I'm curious, as a whole, with the way the season's kind of gone uh, in peaks and valleys, kind of what the temperature of the fan base is during the week of Thanksgiving, like this point of the season.
1: Ah, oh, that's a great question. Um, so right now, right now, the fans are a little bit upset um and I think that that's probably understating it. So Shane Gosper has been a healthy scratch. Mm. This is his second game in a row and people are uh frustrated um in a lot of things so frustrated by ghosts play this season has not been what we would expect from him and frustrated that we're kind of seeing the ghosts of Dave Hackstall lingering in the hallways even though he's in Toronto this is this was his favorite move um people are a little bit frustrated and people are also, you know, tired that the team just can't seem to win in regulation or can't seem to hold on to a lead. Overall, it's it, it's still a, a wait and see kind of atmosphere. No one's really excited about the team, but no one seems to be really down on the team either, which it's not an ideal place to be. If you're the Flyers, you don't want people in this position. You want you want them to be feeling some type of way about the team, and no one really is right now.
0: Hmm. That sounds very familiar, PD. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did love the Morgan Frost story and the small sample size. Morgan small sample size Frost. It's so fun, <laughs> and that's when you have a, a situation like this where the team is not playing too too well or they're inconsistent or they're having this particular bugaboo whether it's third periods or you know the jackets had such power play problems uh, up until last week it's fun to have a story like that where especially with a, a kid right like a kid who comes up wide-eyed and, and just starts making a name for himself like, that's so fun mm-hmm. and so it's really cool to see yeah you guys have that
2: well and we have seen that like uh in our case with eric robinson who mm-hmm. had, has really kind of exceeded my expectations for what he would do this season but it's great to see
1: yeah, I I'm so pleased with Morgan Frost. You know, he's been slight his his entire career as a prospect, as a Flyers prospect. Like that's always been the knock on him is mm. that he's too small, not not tall, but just you know a little skinny. Doesn't mm. oh. needs to add muscle, and he's worked really really hard in the last two seasons to put on muscle and, and to gain some bulk. So I'm, I'm just, I'm really pleased that he's having success And Joel Farabee's another one, you know, he's, he was drafted a year later. I'm actually trying to think if it was a year or two years later, it, it may have been two. Um, I'm doing my best. Um, yeah. He was drafted in 18. Yeah. Yeah. So Having Joel Farabee, he's another one, very slight, very skinny, but they're both, they're both holding their own. They're not really getting knocked around. They're not getting knocked off the puck. And that's really what you want to see from the young guys, making sure that they're physically capable of handling the NHL. Now, whether they can play 82 game seasons or not remains to be seen, but right now they're, they're holding their own. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
2: Real quick, Steph, I know that when we had first talked last year when you, when you took over your job that the, maybe the Jackets were not so much on your radar. So I'm curious to know how in the last year maybe that your opinion of the Jackets have changed and, and what is what is Philadelphia's view of the Jackets this year as division rival? What, what do we look like from the outside?
1: Do you want the real answer to that?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... Let me just start by saying I was really, really impressed with what Columbus did at the trade deadline. I was really impressed with the run that, that happened in, at the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited to see some playoff success, any playoff success happening in Columbus. I was really, really excited for that. You know, that being said, we all know what happened in the offseason, and right. it sucks. I It sucks, period. It sucks. So right now in Philadelphia, Columbus is kind of looked at as the team that we don't expect to replicate playoff success that they just had for the next couple of years. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's fair. No, that's fine. <laughs> you could not be harder on this team— on this podcast than any of us are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually believe would be true. I didn't... I did Shout out to say, Eric Seeds. <laughs> I, I want it noted on the record that I did not say they're the team that Philadelphia forgets is in the Metro. I didn't say that.
0: That's that. fair. No, that's New Jersey for me, honestly. Oh, um, uh, yeah. At, at this point, but...
1: They're totally forgettable, yeah.
0: I get that. But the nice part of it is Philadelphia and Columbus have such a shared... History in Columbus's almost twenty years of existence. You know, we talked about Bob and Mason, but you know, Jake Borachek and and
1: Jeff Carter, Scott
0: Scott Cardinal, RJ
2: Umberger.
1: Oh, RJ, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a name you don't hear often.
2: <laughs> oh, we love him. We love he's an OSU guy, so we love him. Right, right, yeah, right. So
1: no.
0: you know, a lot of a lot of similarities between the two sides right now. And it sounds like from from what you're saying, both of these clubs are in kind of a when this happens. You know, if the luck turns, if the injuries heal if they can figure out if these two guys these three guys can figure it out then look out but that's probably everybody all the time <laughs> but i think it's definitely yeah. true in this case for for columbus and philly
1: yeah and i think that um another thing that we have in common is we both hate the pittsburgh Penguins. amen like yes and i think that we're both kind of celebrating that they're not doing so hot this season i love it yeah yeah we th- hate, we th- hate th- those guys
2: they're, they're the team, though, that like I keep thinking, like oh, is this the year that they finally fall off, right? But they never do it. They're like that movie villain that you just can't kill. Like They just won't die. That they was just me. won't die.
1: That was us, me specifically, and also the rest of us, and the Rangers for like the last decade. And then they finally mm. did. So know that it's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to
0: happen. Right. The universe tends toward entropy, and, and we're just <laughs> waiting for that. So, so I'm glad you mentioned Pittsburgh because I, I do want to go around the metro a little bit and and talk about the teams that. Because I talk about this every so often that the Jackets were so excited to get out of the, the ringer of the Central when you had Detroit and Chicago and these teams that would always go very deep in the playoffs. And so the Jackets were finally going to get out and finally going to go to the Metro. And then it's when Pittsburgh was hot and Philly and New York
2: and Washington.
0: Washington. Washington. And so it's still it's still the case, right? Like you look at the and now the Islanders are good. Like, so let's go through the Metro a little bit and <laughs> and, and let's start with like the Caps. Like What the hell? The Caps have won a yeah. cup. And they're still yeah. really good,
1: yeah, it's gross, huh? yeah, I hate it g- I th- g-
2: g- give us your, give us your hot take on the caps or like just rip on the caps
1: i mean they they won Why do you their, hate them they won their cup, and I think that that's gonna be it for the foreseeable future. Uh, I think that they're just gonna continue to be perennial um division leaders, but they're not gonna be able to to replicate the success uh they're having. A little bit of drama in net with um, uh, Samsonov. Samsonov. Yeah,
0: yeah, Samsonov.
1: And and Braden Holtby is just not really playing well. And he's on the last year of his deal. So we don't expect to see him back in Washington. Like, that was cool and all when they won the Cup. But I'm really just sick of them. Like, enough. Just go back Mm. to being Mm -hmm. irrelevant. That'd be really cool for me.
2: And I will say this to Caps fans, if they're taking offense to that, like... We are not targeting you. We're just talking about you. You happen to be sitting awkwardly. So if you get hurt, that's on you. Oh, that's I see, not what, on you're us. I see yeah. what you're doing. I see what you're
0: doing. Yeah.
2: Just speaking in terms that they can understand.
0: Right, right. Uh, the ever-present Tom Wilson. But I am excited for Brayden Holtby <laughs> to be the Marc-Andre Fleury of the Pacific Northwest. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think he'd do really well in Seattle.
0: I think that'd be perfect for him. I think so, too. And then the Islanders, again, another what the hell case. I think this oh, was the God. year we expected to be like, all right, back to earth.
1: Yeah. Like I get the Barry Trotz effect. I get that he's a good coach. I understand that. But who is on that team? I hope like, like, we've got <laughs> Matt Barzell and who? Like who else is there? I, I know. Just, I just don't, I just don't get it. Can you guys just stop? I've had enough. I've had enough of the Islanders. I I don't want to talk about them anymore because I don't like acknowledging that they exist. It, it's, again, my life is so much better when they're bottom feeders. Can we go back to that life?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, although I, I do like them being better than the Leafs since Tavares left.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that is fun. You're right. That is fun. Hockey um, fandom
2: is just who do you hate less?
0: And so it's just, a, it's, just a, <laughs> it's really just the transverse effect of of hate.
1: Well, so here's the thing, right? Like, I hate the Flyers. I hate the Flyers more than anybody else has ever hated the Flyers ever. I just want them to win more than anything else in the world.
2: Oh, I, you know, I had a similar thought yesterday about the Cleveland Browns and that I realized that I have a love-hate relationship with them and that I hate that I have to love them. (laughs) I wish I could quit them, and yet I can't. I'm there watching every Sunday,
1: and I hate myself the whole time. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So here's here's the thing that I learned: when your team wins a Super Bowl, you don't have to watch them for the next handful of years, and it's totally fine.
2: <laughs> What's a Super Bowl? Ah, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> that thing.
0: Oh, and then there's Carolina, the team. I'm that... actually,
1: yeah, I'm I'm happy for Carolina. I think right. that they've they've done the groundwork so that I don't hate them yet, and I think that it's it's coming in the next handful of years, I'll hate them. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I like that team. And I, you know, one of our former Broad Street Hockey writers, Dr. Eric Tulsky, is running their whole analytics and operations department mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel some kinship with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I don't want them to beat the Flyers, but while the Flyers are kind of middling, I'm, I'm happy for them.
2: Right. right. If I have to say anything negative about them, though, it's going to be that their stadium kind of sucks. I like it. It's it's. I think it's way too big. First of all, for for hockey, mm-hmm. like a lot of the seats feel really far away from the ice. The lower bowl is like twice as long as Columbus's lower bowl, or twice as tall, and that's weird. And also, location sucks. It's in the middle of a giant parking lot. It's not really close to any of the. There's a lot of really cool parts of the triangle, and it's not convenient to any of them.
0: Right. Well, it's for NC State basketball, which will be good. Right. Uh, never? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's for. But no, I mean, I do want to say about Carolina, they have such, like, they are a fun team to watch, right? Like, the Islanders it's just gray in my mind, like, just not, it's non-existent. Right. But the Flyer or the, the, the Canes have so many fun young players, and they, fun, they play a fun style of hockey. So, they're okay. Yeah, I guess. But I'm done with the yeah, bunch of jerk I, stuff. I've been done with no, it. No,
1: I still like it. I still like them being a bunch of jerks. I like it. I'm into it. Okay.
2: Okay. The, st- the storm surge has played out, though.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let them have fun. They have so little.
0: Um, that is true. That is true. Uh, we are now at the Penguins,
2: which uh, we already we already touched on, but just the yes, worst. Just the worst. Hate them. Also, the, the worst accent in America. By far. This is the Yenzer the accent, it is absurd and ridiculous. It's nails on a chalkboard. Uh my my sister lives in Pittsburgh and so she has married a Yinzer and and his accent is it is so thick yinzer. And it's like ah so I went outside and the sky was coming down the streets. So I Gosh. went back in the house. It's just yeah.
1: I mean Boston yeah. accents are pretty bad too, but you know the, the
2: Pittsburgh the, I think the Yinzer the, the Yinzer is somehow somehow even worse. And their fans are the worst of the visiting fans that I've encountered uh, here in Columbus. Chicago's a close second, but Pittsburgh fans, they pack the arena, and it's just insufferable to be around. Unless the Jackets beat them, then it's awesome.
1: (laughs) That is always fun, right? it, It
2: happened last March. My sister and her husband came to town. The three of us went to a game together, and our section in the upper deck was mostly Pittsburgh fans. And the Jackets finally beat them that game, and you without know, five minutes left, the section cleared out all, this, all the Penguins fans left, which was was pretty glorious. But uh, I, I've been to games where that has not been the outcome, and it's been just, just god-awful.
1: Yeah, see, we're lucky here in that Pittsburgh is pretty far from Philly. It's like a six-hour drive, so they don't come here that often.
2: Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's lucky.
1: nice. I mean, we get we get all of the New York and Washington and New Jersey fans, but Pittsburgh, they don't come here so often.
0: Mm. One last thing on the Penguins. I do want to point to a piece on SB Nation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Beef History, Sidney Crosby, Claude Giroux. That series was a 2012. There's a retrospective. Yeah. They talk about that. That was so much. Check that out if you have not um, on SB Nation. It's, It was so good. So it much fun was, to read about.
1: Oh, God. That 2012 series was amazing like that i remember it was easter weekend and i'm i'm greek so it was greek easter so not not everybody was celebrating that weekend and i had my phone on the table and i was yelling during <laughs> easter dinner watching this game it was it was incredible and and they beat the pants off the penguins and and that was fun to see they haven't won a series since that's not true that's not true Uh, they haven't won a series since like that Mm -hmm. i can't remember they have won won one recent more recently but not very recently so here's me rambling about how the flyers have not won a series in the playoffs in a very long time (laughs) and everything is bad thank you (laughs) (laughs) it's nice
0: pd we can't be like couldn't be us couldn't be me. I don't know what that's huh. like, but uh, huh. all right, moving well, away. Yeah, yeah, away, from yeah, that yeah. as quickly as possible. At least we we, we, we can remember all the series that we've won. So. Yeah, and uh, moving away from that as quickly as possible because uh, just we talked about the <laughs> we talked about the Flyers. We 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 know them. We love them. We hate them. I would love to go see like a Flyers game that is popping off because I watching it on TV. I, I don't think there's too many places better from from my living room that looks more like a hockey environment where everybody is just losing their minds than Wells Fargo.
1: Yeah, and it's been pretty quiet the last handful of years because the team just hasn't been that good. But when the building is rocking, it's it's just it, – it's an experience like no other. Um, and Carter Hart has actually been a big part of that. When he makes a big save, when the penalty kill is not – Allowing goals, which is something that we is is new to the Flyers this season. The the building definitely gets behind the team. Now, again, they're not doing so much winning right now, certainly not in regulation, but uh the, the building is it's really good and they've done a lot of new renovations where now they have standing room only, where they didn't have that before. So they're they're trying to accommodate everybody in the building which i think is really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i enjoy it i I think it's a really good atmosphere have
2: you have you been to the rage room since that opened
1: no i have not i have not it's a really interesting concept Um, i thought it was a great idea (laughs) it is and it was actually proposed by one of our guys on one of our one of the broad street hockey podcasts called flyperbole when they announced that they were opening up this standing room only section called the assembly room um steve suggested opening up something called the the spectrum room which is reminiscent of the old spectrum stadium mm-hmm. yeah. down in south philly where you know it just smells like stale beer and cigarettes and you just walk around breaking stuff and then the next day the the rage room <laughs> opened <laughs> Which is so Philly. It is so Philly. We've thought about, um, just like jokingly, thought about um, selling plates with Dave Haxtall's face on it. We've got a lot of rage towards (laughs) Dave Haxtall and what he did to this team. And I think people would buy them just to bring to this rage room. (laughs) Brilliant. That guy sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Very on brand. All right, then. Moving quickly, the Rangers.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't have
0: anything good to say about them right now. They took our. I don't even have anything our to say boy. about
1: them. They are a trash franchise, and I hope that Henrik Lundqvist finds his Stanley Cup somewhere not in the Metropolitan mm. Division mm-hmm. or even the yeah. East. Send them out west. I don't care.
2: Yeah, King-, King Hank is great. I don't have anything nice to say about anyone else there. I guess like. In the spirit of sportsmanship, I can't really like wish ill upon Panera necessarily, so it's nice that he's playing well, but good that no one else around him is playing well mm-hmm. and i have to, i have to say i like I thought that the Rangers and Devils would both be better after their you know off season acquisitions, and it is kind of refreshing to see that they're not <laughs> you know that is a little bit of shame yes. right.
1: Yeah, and it makes me feel really good that they thought that they won the offseason and <laughs> they did not. I mean, they, they did. They got the big fish that was out there, but there's so many holes on that team, so many holes in that roster that even though you have Kapokako and you have Panarin, it's just not enough. You still have one of the stromes as your 2C, and that's just not good enough.
2: And when you pay one guy that much, it makes it harder to fill in the rest of the roster. Hmm. Right.
0: And then moving on to the basement, we're going to pass the Blue Jackets. It's the New
2: Jersey Devils.
1: <laughs> yeah, Just, that team. Mm-hmm. Those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, sincerely hate the Devils. The now, you
2: are from Jersey, aren't you?
1: I am. I am. I born, raised, well, no, I was born in New York, but raised in New Jersey, um, I live in New Jersey, uh, but I cannot stand this team. And this goes back to my childhood; just cannot stand the Devils. <laughs> um, they should not be this bad, but I am very, very happy that they are. I am, I am ecstatic that they're this bad. They had a big off season, also. Like they got Jack oh, Hughes, yeah. they got PK Subban, they got. Wayne Simmons, who is not a a star anymore, and it really isn't a big name in in hockey anymore, but he is a big name to us, Mm -hmm. the Flyers fans. Right. They should not be this bad, but they are. And not only are they having goaltending, some serious goaltending issues, waving Schneider and having him play in the AHL, their defense is still trash, and they just can't buy a goal. So (laughs) sucks to suck New Jersey.
2: Well, I will never forgive them for, you know, like Ryan, you said that Carolina plays like a fun style of hockey to watch. I will never forgive the Devils for playing that like neutral zone trap in the 1990s. And that's just a terrible, unwatchable style of hockey.
1: Yes, I blame them for so many things. And that was just terrible.
0: And this is going to sound really mean, but it is nice to watch another franchise have to deal with like star player X wants out and his body language is poor. And I like Taylor Hall and I want him to do well. But it's it's so nice for all all the problems the Blue Jackets have right now. That's not one of them. And after last year and all of last summer's drama, it is a little heartening to me to be like, oh, God, at least it's not us. We, we should acquire him so we can win the draft lottery. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he is. He is the magic voodoo.
0: Hasn't worked yet for the jacket. So why not? We got, we got pieces we could send, maybe. With a shot. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for our Metro wrap-up. But I do want to get us out on this. It is a very contentious debate at this time of year, and that is your favorite Thanksgiving side. Everybody's got opinions. Steph, where do you land on this?
1: All right. So my favorite Thanksgiving side is gravy. <laughs> mm. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's no, the 3C of Thanksgiving sides, I think, because it's very valuable. If you don't have it, you're going to feel it.
1: I I understand it's not traditionally considered a side. It's considered a condiment, but if you don't have gravy, your turkey's dry. Sometimes your stuffing's dry. Sometimes With mashed potatoes, like what else, what else are you eating without gravy? Like gravy is the most underrated Thanksgiving side. Hands down.
2: Mm, that's pretty good. Interesting.
1: You put it on everything. You dip your biscuits in it. Gravy. Gravy.
2: Well, but then talk about the uh the fan pulse poll for this yes. week and the choices on there for the worst side.
1: Yeah. So fan pulse, let me let me just do a quick plug here. Please. So you can join, you can join NHL Fan Pulse. You can go to any of our sites and you'll see the sign up form somewhere in the layout and what it is is right now we're just getting a feel for how NHL fans and and how they feel about any number of things so it started out with who which teams that made the playoffs last season are going to miss this year who missed the playoffs last year that are going to make it this year then we did um
0: who's on the hot seat Right, who's on the hot seat?
1: Coaches, which coach is going to be the first fired? Who's, which teams are contenders and disappointments? Contenders or pretenders? um, And then biggest disappointment of this season. And then we decided to do a Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving special, and it was pick one Thanksgiving side that you will never eat again. Like one is out, and the options were mac and cheese mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes or candied yams, green bean casserole, and stuffing. And the NHL fans have spoken. This is an exclusive because it hasn't been published yet. The NHL fans have spoken, and they are sending green bean casserole (laughs) directly into the sun. They do not want green bean casserole. In their lives, which I think is ridiculous, but I understand no. out of those options, you got to choose, you got to choose the one that's a little bit healthy. The green green vegetables
0: <laughs> have no place at this table.
1: I love green bean casserole. I love it. I, when I'm cooking it myself and I'll just make it any time of year, I do the crunchy onions on top and then I put a, a layer of shredded cheddar on top of that and put it back in the oven and let it get real melty and gooey for like two minutes. I love green bean casserole.
2: See, that's 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 where you lose me. Was with the, with the onions? I, I just onions are, are a big deal breaker for me. And so, if you just had like green beans cooked conventionally as a side, like that's totally fine with me. I'll eat that. Just putting them in casserole form. And I know this is blasphemous for me as a Midwesterner to diss a casserole, but yeah, no, that's just uh, I can't. I don't do. Yeah, don't deal with a green bean casserole or. Uh, the stuffing, those sides aren't, aren't for me. But yeah, I, I load up on the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes. They, there's a corn casserole my mom makes. That is oh, awesome. Oh,
1: I do love corn casserole.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. so that's really good. But yeah, the green bean casserole. And I think it what affected me as a kid is that my parents had a green bean casserole recipe that they called bean gook. And that oh, just sounded like a, that sorry. was just a horrible name.
1: I'm sorry, what?
2: <laughs> bean gook. <laughs> And that's what it looked like, too, on the plate. Mm. And it just, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not touching that.
1: Oh, that's so Ohio.
2: Yeah. And I also, I also will always defend the cranberry sauce that is straight out of the can. I, got, I have to see the ridges on the slices of cranberry sauce. Yeah, I, I don't plate. care.
1: I don't care for cranberry sauce, but I know that some people feel really strongly about it. I just don't eat it.
2: I need to hear the, this is falling out of my hand. <laughs>
0: I'm going to isolate that sound and use it on future pods, I think. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Uh, well, we are just about out of time. Steph, where can people find you and your work?
1: Uh, so most of my work is on broadstreethockey.com. Um, also, our podcast, Broad Street Hockey Radio, is on all of the places you can find the casts. So Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever, wherever you're finding this one, Stitcher, you can find us. Um, and on Twitter, God help you, my my handle <laughs> is at StephaliciousD.
0: Steph, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Cast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I hope that our teams do not meet in the near future in the playoffs because we'll both be sad. <laughs> they can't Agreed. both lose though, right?
2: <laughs> right I, don't, don't put it past these two yeah. teams
1: <laughs> I know they find a way
0: it would take seven periods if you know whatever whatever oh happens
1: oh god you're yeah. so right and then the, the score would be one nothing <laughs> <laughs> Seth, thank you so much thank you
0: alright that will do it for us our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin Moons check out her and information about her new album 430 at AngelaPurley.com Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes. We welcome your comments, questions, and feedback. You can tweet at us at CBJCanon and comment on JacketsCanon.com. From all of us, I'm Ryan for Pale Dragon and staff. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.